0: have your bibles with you this morning would you open them please to the fourth gospel this morning we're concluding a sermon series that we began several weeks ago entitled a giving god we've seen how god gave gifts to mary that first christmas we've seen how god gave a gift to joseph that first christmas Today we're going to see how God has given a gift to you and I. John chapter 1. We'll read verse 12 together. But as many as received Him. Think about that word received. As many as received Him, speaking of the Lord Jesus to them gave He power to become the sons and daughters of God, even to them that would believe on His name. Many of you that go back anyways remember the old Sears catalog. The Christmas wish book, they called it. And half of that catalog which probably was 250 to 300 pages, was nothing but toys. And every little boy and girl would get that catalog. I know at our house we got one. And you'd sit down and you would circle all the things you wanted. After we circled 719 things, (laughs) the list had to get pared down. Well, there was a little boy sitting with his grandmother who had that old Sears catalog, and he said, Grandmama, this is what I want for Christmas. And he had circled just about every boy toy in the book. Now, the grandfather was watching Grandma and little grandboy together. He was hearing what they were talking about, so he decided to use this conversation and all this talk about the Christmas gifts as a teaching moment. And so he walks up to them and says, Tommy, Tommy, do you know the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive? And Tommy replies, I know that granddaddy. But I don't need any blessings this year. (laughs) Receiving is good enough for me. (laughs) Well, Christmas is seven days away. And maybe you're thinking about what you're going to receive this Christmas. Maybe you're hoping for a special gift that you've been dropping hints for all year. Well, American Express did a survey not long ago. Not of gifts that people are hoping for. Not of gifts that people really want to have their must list. But American Express did a a survey of gifts that you hope you don't get. This is on your must not get list. And you know what the number one gift mentioned was? By those that were surveyed, this is a gift that I hope I don't get. This is a gift that I, I must not get. I'm not a praying person, but I pray I don't get it. You know what that gift was? A fruitcake. <laughs> In fact, those surveys said they would rather get nothing than to get a fruitcake. But ask what they would do if they got the fruitcake. You know what most of them said? They would re-gift it to somebody else. Now, I'm, I'm just giving you fair warning as your pastor, who cares about you? That should you get a fruitcake for Christmas, don't you get too haughty about it. Don't you stick out your chest too much and think you're a big deal. Because what you're getting is a re-gift gift a gift that nobody else wanted, that's why you got it. And you might want to check the date on that fruitcake. Because if you got it, somebody else probably got it, and somebody else probably got it, and somebody else probably got it, and and that green in that fruitcake may not be. That thing might have been in circulation since 2001. You never know. Well, the last two weeks, as I said earlier, we've been looking at why we give at Christmas. We give because God is a giving God. And He sets the example for which we are to model and we're to practice. In the past weeks, we've looked at Christmas of yesterday. Can I remind you that Christmas is not just about yesterday, it's about today. We've looked at Christmas past, but may I remind you that Christmas is not just about the past, it's about the present. We looked about at Christmas through the eyes of Mary and Joseph, but listen, Christmas is more than just Mary and Joseph, is it not you and I? It's not just some impersonal story about people we don't know, but it's a very personal story about someone we know very well, ourselves. This morning in the time that we have, I I just want to lay three things on your mind and heart about a God who has given us something this Christmas. God has a Christmas tree, and underneath the tree He has put something there for you and I. God's gift to you and I is simply Himself. Simply Himself. And He gives us Himself in the person of His Son, Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. If you experience me, you've experienced the Father. I and the Father are one. We're identical, we're equal, we're the same. And that first Christmas, God gave of himself to Joseph and Mary and to this Christmas, 2016, he's giving to us himself. For God so loved you and I, that He gave. He gave a gift. What was the gift? His only beloved begotten Son, Christ Jesus. In John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus is having a conversation with a woman at the well. And He says to this woman, He says, If you only knew the gift of God... If you only knew the gift of God was myself, when you asked for a drink of water, you would drink of me. In Romans chapter 5, verse 15, we read the grace of God and the gift of that grace is found in one man, Jesus Christ. The grace of God and the gift of that grace is found in one man, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, one of the most educated theologians, one of the most educated men of all time, he was a genius. Very seldom was he lost for words. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5, All he can say when he sees God's gift of Jesus is that it's an unspeakable gift. A man who had a vocabulary that was so rich, a man that wrote half the New Testament, a man who did not stutter and stammer for words, looks at God's gift, looks at God's Jesus, and says, all I can say is unspeakable. He's indescribable. Jesus is the reason for the season. That's not just a cliché, though it is a cliché. It's not just a cutesy saying, although it is cute. It's a gospel truth. On that first Christmas, God looked at the human race and said, what does this people need? They don't need a house, they don't need a car, they don't need money. They need a Savior. And God became a man and gave himself to us. The Bible says that when God gave his gift to us, which was Jesus, he wrapped him up. Don't you wrap Christmas gifts? God wrapped Jesus in swaddling clothes. And he placed Jesus under the Christmas tree of that first Christmas which was a manger and put him in a feeding trough for animals. God's gift to you and I that first Christmas was himself. And he gave each and every one of us himself. He didn't just give himself to the chosen, as some preachers say. He just didn't give himself to the elite. He just didn't give himself to movers and shakers of the high-ranking muckety-mucks of his day. He didn't give himself to certain people who looked a certain way or had a certain color about them or came from a certain country. He didn't care what their race, face, or place would be. He didn't just give himself to religious folks. When God gave a gift that first Christmas, he gave it to everyone. Whosoever will, everyone. And that has not changed. It's interesting when you follow the Christmas story, what they did with that Christmas gift that God gave, which was himself. What did, what did they do with it? Well, the Bible says there was a lot of different responses. What did King Herod do with the gift? He tried to murder it. What did the religious leaders do with the gift? They mocked it. What did the innkeeper do with the gift? He pushed it away. May I say people are still doing that today. Some people are too bad. They don't want the gift like King Herod. Some people are too blinded by religion. They know the word of God, but they don't know the God of the word. They mock it. Some people like the innkeeper are just too busy. After all, life is fast. Life is full. There's always someone to see, somewhere to go, something to do. We don't have time for this. But thank God that first Christmas there were some who said, I I take it. The wise men, the shepherds, Joseph and Mary among others. God's gift that first Christmas to you and I, to whosoever was his own son, Jesus. Second thing I want you to remember very quickly is, is that gift that God gave that first Christmas to you and I, put our name on it, wrapped it under the tree, was of great value. God gave His best. His best was His Son. His only beloved begotten Son. The crown prince of glory. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. The Alpha and the Omega. The Messiah. The Lamb of God. The second member of the Holy Trinity. God said, I'm not going to give them a fruit cake I'm going to give them the greatest gift I possess my son so God wrapped him in swaddling clothes and put him in a manger which was the Christmas tree and gave him to you and I Jesus his finest his greatest his best Hmm. Did it catch God off guard when some people took his Christmas gift and knocked it away? Did it catch God off guard when some people walked by and didn't want it? No. Because Mary, in Luke chapter 1, when she was giving her salutation, as it's called, her response back to God for allowing her to be the one to conceive, for allowing her to be the one to carry the Messiah, Mary predicted, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that there would be a group of people who would... Say no to the gift. Oh, she didn't call them by name because she wanted us to see if our name is there. But they were just like King Herod, they were just like the religious leaders, they're just like the innkeeper. Notice what she says in Luke chapter 1, verse 51 through 53. She names the three kind of people that God knew was going to reject his Christmas gift. Verse 51 of Luke chapter 1, Mary says, He hath shown strength, speaking of the Lord, He hath shown strength with His arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats. He hath put down the powerful from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich who are pacified, He is sent away empty. Are you thinking with me? The mangers, the Christmas tree. Jesus is the gift sent by God. And underneath that Christmas tree, with the baby Jesus that was God's gift, our name is on there. And yet some people, most people, look at it and they walk away. Who are the people who look at it and walk away? Well, Mary says they're the proud I'm a big deal. I don't need him. The powerful, I'm strong. I've got muscles. I've got might. I don't need him. And then the pacified, he can't give me anything. I've got a big house. I've got five cars. I've got money in the bank. People who believe that there's something. People who believe that they have something. People who believe that they do something, they don't want him. They didn't want him then, and they don't want him now. They're so full of themselves, they have no place for him. In closing, are you thanking God gave a Christmas gift that day of Himself to whosoever will. God gave a Christmas gift that day to you and me, if we will. The gift was His Son, Jesus. King Herod didn't want Him. The religious leaders didn't want Him. The innkeeper didn't want Him. The proud don't want Him. The powerful don't want Him. The pacified who have everything don't want Him. Do we want Him? Do we want Him? Or do we just walk by Him too? Tip our hat and move on. The last thing I want you to remember about this gift in closing is that if you wish to receive God's gift that's under the tree with your name on it, who's His Son, Jesus, you have to receive it. To them that receive Him, says the Scripture in John 1, verse 12, they will have the right to be called sons and daughters of God. You know what that word receive means? It means to invite someone into your space, as our young people say, space. To invite somebody into your place. To bring them to you. This gift that God offers you and I, and has been offering to you and I, every Christmas, actually every day, of every week, of every month, of every year that there's a Christmas. This gift, you cannot buy it. You cannot earn it. You cannot inherit it. You cannot discover it. You cannot have it bestowed upon you. But God will give it to you if you receive it. If you will just take it and invite it, bring it into your space and place of life. Many years ago, there was a war in Cuba. It was called the Spanish-American War, and many battles were fought in Cuba. And Teddy Roosevelt, who became one of our presidents, became famous in the Spanish-American War. He was a colonel leading soldiers before he was president. And there came a time during the, the war when his men needed food, and they needed medicine. So he went to a Red Cross tent, a Red Cross encampment that was run by Clara Barton. You've heard that name before. And he inquired of her that he desired to buy from her food and medicine for his soldiers. And Clara Barton said to Colonel Roosevelt, No. Well, Teddy Roosevelt wasn't used to anybody telling him no. He wasn't used to being turned down. He's a colonel. He's fighting a war. His men need food. They need medicine. And he got a little ticked off. He got a little riled up. He got angry. And he got in her face and he said, Ma'am, I'm telling you I want to buy some food and medicine. And you're going to sell it to me. And she said, no, I'm not. But I'll give it to you. Colonel, if you'll just ask. You're not going to buy it from me. If you just ask, Colonel, I'll give it to you. And that's the way the gift is that God gave to us. All you gotta do is ask. He'll give it. And we and we, when it's given, receive it. We, we bring it to us. We claim it as our own. What have you done with the gift that God has given to you? What have you done with it? Have you received it? or Have you rejected it for whatever reason? Please listen closely. What you do with the Lord is what the Lord is going to do with you. Pay attention. What you do with the gift that God has put under His tree with your name on it, His Son Jesus, is going to determine what God is going to do with you one day when you stand before Him. Have you received Him? Or have you rejected Him? Are you like the shepherds and the wise men and Joseph and Mary? Have you brought Him into your place? Or are you like King Herod and the religious leaders and the innkeeper for whatever reason You've told him to go away. I'm not, I don't want it. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.